Well, welcome. For those of you who are part of our family, welcome home. For those of you who are visiting, we're glad that you're here. And we are uh, wrapping up, actually, a series uh, called Renew. Today's the final week of that series. And through the series, we have seen that our God renews our spirit as we trust Him to forgive us of our sins through repentance. We've seen that God offers us a renewed purpose as we trust Him to guide us. And we have seen that God renews our love for Him as we allow Him to remind us of His great love for us. And it's because that we have a God who is intimately involved with us, who wants a personal relationship with us, that we never have to resign ourselves to hopelessness. We never have to accept our circumstances. We never have to accept our brokenness. We can experience renewal because of God. You know, many Christians espouse a desire to grow spiritually. You may hear friends talking sometimes about, you know, I just want to grow deeper in my relationship with God. I want to have a stronger relationship with God. I want to grow in my Christian experience. But unfortunately, far too often, even though they may verbally espouse that desire, that they never really consider the adverse influences in their lives, things that surround them all of the time. It could be um, the movies that they choose to watch. It could be the books that they choose to read. It could be the websites that they frequent. Of course, social media or even just our friends. You know, those people that we surround ourselves with. Friends have a huge influence on us, how we see life, the, the prism through which we look at life the values that we hold. And a lot of times those things are represented in the friends, the people we surround ourselves. The, the more recent uh, term, I think, is community, that we all need community and we all need friends. We all need relationships even outside of our families. But those people that we choose oftentimes will influence us and they may influence us for good or for bad. So we want to look today at community, to look at our community of friends that we have surrounded ourselves with, those people that we have chosen to be a part of our community, those people that we have chosen to be a part of our circle of friends, and how they influence us. Because who we are is largely the result of the people that we have chosen to call our friends. The choice of who we fellowship with may be one of the most important decisions that we make in our life. Now I want to show you just by way of example a few illustrations, a few friendships, communities that are familiar to many of us, and let's see if you can guess who they are. Anybody? Friends, right? Seems appropriate here. Friends, all right? The Minions, right? They're all friends. One of my favorites, Scooby-Doo. I love Scooby-Doo. And then, of course, the all-time best show ever, the Andy Griffith Show. So those are all friends. 
Each one of those groups of people are, fix, are obviously fictional, but they do illustrate about the importance of having productive, constructive friends in our lives. All of those friends represent people who were friends, who could rely on one another, who could count on one another, who would work together to accomplish great things. And who would not want to have a group of friends that you can really count on? Who would not want to surround themselves with people that they knew they could trust, people that they knew they could count on? And so my first point today is to choose your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. You know, if you show me your friends, it will reveal to me the direction of your life. You know, we look into those relationships and we see what your future may hold. Scripture tells us that bad company corrupts good morals. So even if you are set, you have your mind set on trying to do good and to live a good life, unfortunately, if you surround yourself with people who do not share that desire, then your bad company, the people you hang out with, are going to corrupt your good morals, your good intentions. So we must choose our friends wisely. You know, some of us today obviously have chosen great friends, that we have people in our lives that consistently encourage us, that always push us forward, maybe challenge us constructively, spiritually. I remember as a young man, as a young Christian, I had a a friend who was a few years older than me, and he was actually in college, but he would contact me when I was in high school, and he would say, you know, how are things going? I'd say, oh, well, you know, I met this girl, or I've got this friend, or got this event going on, this activity, and he'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. You know, that's all good, but I, I want to know, like, how are things in your relationship with Christ? Oh, uh, well, uh, you know, because he was holding me accountable. And so he was encouraging me. He was pushing me to grow in my relationship with Christ. Now, he cared about those other things, but he realized that what was most important in our relationship between he and I was that he was discipling me, that he was encouraging me to walk in the way of righteousness. But a good friendship is a two-way street, really. You know that? However, some of us today have chosen poorly. We've chosen friendships that do not encourage us to walk in righteousness. We maybe have friendships that bring us down, friendships that lead us to do things that we should not do, friends that lead us toward behaviors that are unrighteous. We have friendships that, instead of being helpful, may be harmful. Some of us have chosen poorly. The sad thing is that far too often we choose these friendships thinking that they're good for us and not even realizing that oftentimes those people that we call our friends are not helping us at all, that they may be leading us astray, that instead of helping us, they may be friend us simply to help themselves, that they may be looking out for number one, that they are using us and taking advantage of us and instead of a healthy relationship, it's a dysfunctional and unhealthy relationship. Maybe you have some friends like that today. And maybe you feel trapped. Maybe you feel trapped in that relationship. And 
you don't really know how to, to say no to them. You don't know how to get away from that. Maybe today you just need to hear that God can help you experience renewal in your friendships. You know, sometimes we choose not just one unhealthy friendship, but maybe we've surrounded ourselves with friends that are not healthy. And that can be very difficult to be willing to stand up and say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. It takes courage to be able to do that. But the kind of people that we need to surround ourselves with are people who keep God's commands. And when we follow God's commands and we walk in His ways, it enriches our life and it protects us from unnecessary harm. When we walk in accordance with God's will, when we walk in accordance with biblical principles, God has given us His Word. He's given us His principles so that we might walk in such a way that helps to keep us from harm. You know, when we step out from under that, now we are exposed more to the evils of Satan and his attacks. Uh, my wife and I had always kind of saw the illustration much like an umbrella. You know, we, she and I in our marriage and in our family, that we stand under the umbrella of God's Word, under the umbrella of God's principles. And so, you know, as long as we are trying to live in accordance with God's Word and we are following His principles, then we have this umbrella of protection. Now, it doesn't mean we're never going to face difficulty, but we have this umbrella of protection because we are trying to walk in accordance with God's Word. But what we do sometimes is we make bad choices and we, in effect, step out from under that umbrella and now we're just fully exposed to all that Satan may seek to pour out on us. And so clearly friendships come to play in that. That when we choose right friendships, then they pour into us, they encourage us, they help to lead us toward a righteous life. And when we step out from under that and we choose friends that are not obedient to God's Word, that they are not helping us to live a righteous life because they're not living a righteous life themselves, then obviously we expose ourselves to unnecessary harm. Well, the Apostle John, I think, gives us some insight into this and how we might apply some of God's Word to our own life and specifically to our relationships with others, to our friendships. You all probably remember John was one of the 12 disciples and he wrote the book of 1 John. And within that book, he reminds us of the importance of being mindful about those with whom we walk in this life. He gives us good advice to those that hang out with us. He gives us good advice for ourselves. He gives us good advice about those that we choose to walk this pathway with us. First, I want to share with you in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. There he says, By this we know that we have come to know Him. So those who wonder, like, am I a Christian? Am I saved? Am I redeemed? He tells us here, By this we know that we have come to know Him, if we keep His commandments. So if we are living a life and saying, Oh, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ, but we are not following His commandments, then we know there's a reason to question, there's a reason to wonder about our relationship with Christ. 
So he says, by this we know that we have come to know Him, if we keep His commandments. Verse 4, whoever says, I know Him, but does not keep His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Don't you love it when God's Word is so clear, so specific? You know, there's nothing confusing about that. You follow His commandments. If you say you know Him and you don't follow His commandments, you're a liar. Doesn't get any clearer than that. But whoever keeps His Word, in Him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in Him. Whoever says he abides in Him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So if we're going to say that we're a Christian, then clearly we should be obedient to God's Word. We should follow His commandments. We should, as He says here, walk in the same way in which He, Jesus, walked. If we're going to be a Christian, that means that we are a Christ follower. That means that we are going to make every effort to live a life in accordance with the life that Jesus lived. And so John offers a litmus test for the community in which we find ourselves. He offers a litmus test for us, as we see here. He offers a litmus test for those we surround ourselves with. And he says that the mark of a committed Christ follower is someone who keeps the commands of God. Well, this kind of person, first of all, believes in God. Not somebody who doesn't believe in God. So if we have friends who, doesn't, who don't believe in God, then obviously they are not going to make any effort to move us toward righteousness. So this kind of person that we should seek to surround ourselves with should be a person who believes in God, trusts in God, and takes God at His Word, who sees the value in God's Word. They believe that it's important to repent of sin. They believe that it's important to serve people as they serve Christ. They believe it's important to be reconciled with one another. They believe it is important to keep their word. They believe it is important to pray for one another. So we should choose friendships that will help us stay on track. We should choose friendships that will not keep us from God, but that will help move us toward God. We should choose friendships that will help us grow in our relationship with God. But our most important relationship, our most important relationship must be with God Himself. So my second point here for you is befriend God first. He must be first and foremost in your community. He must be first and foremost in your circle of friends. He must be the most important relationship in your life. He must be more important than a husband and wife relationship. He must be more important than a parent and child relationship. A relationship with God must be the most important relationship we have in our life. Befriend God first. So just one chapter before where we looked before in chapter 1, John offers this test, this litmus test that we can apply to our friendships. He points out the most important community, the most important friendship that we should be committed to. 
And without being committed to a relationship with God, this vertical relationship, without that, we cannot possibly expect our horizontal relationships to work out well. Because we must first have that relationship with God. We must first trust His Word. We must first believe in the principles that He teaches here. And if not, then you know what? Those husband and wife relationships, the marriages are not going to go well. The parent-child relationships are not going to go well. The relationships between managers and subordinates at work are not going to go well. So it's important that we understand that this vertical relationship with God is the most important relationship in our community we must get that relationship right first and so we look in first john chapter 1 verses 5 through 6 he says this is the message we have heard from him this is the message that jesus gave us this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you we're just passing along to you what he said god is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not practice the truth. You see that theme, the same theme as He said before. If you're going to walk in this life and say that you're a Christian, and yet you're not going to obey His Word, you're not going to follow His commandments, then you're a liar. It's just that simple. If we say that we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, then we lie. And we are not practicing the truth. The sad thing is that I think some people say they're a Christian and they simply are lying to other people. What's worse is they're lying to themselves. But God's Word makes it very clear for us to understand that if we are claiming to be a Christian, claiming to be a Christ follower, and yet we are not seeking to live in righteousness, we are not seeking to follow His commands and be obedient to His Word, then we are lying to others and to ourselves but we're not lying to God because He knows better. He knows better. So the message quite simply is that God is light and there is no darkness in God at all. John tells us that if we want to be in fellowship with God, then we must be careful to walk in the light as He is in the light. That we must be careful, we must make it a priority in our own lives to make every effort to walk in the light, to walk in accordance with His Word, to walk in the ways of righteousness. That doesn't come natural, folks. Quite the contrary. What comes natural for us in our sinful nature is to disobey, to be rebellious. All you got to do is look at a little kid, a little child. I mean, what's their first behaviors like? They rebel. They fight against you. They don't want to be obedient. They don't want to be compliant. That is our human nature. That is our sinful nature. And it doesn't go away. It just gets worse as we get older. So we must work at walking in righteousness. We must read God's Word, meditate on God's Word. As David said, hide God's Word within our hearts so that we may not sin against Him. We need to absorb His Word, not just run to it when things go bad. You know, you leave it in your car, you leave it on the mantle, you leave it on the nightstand, and it gets dusty because you never look at it. And then all of a sudden something goes wrong in your life and you're, oh my goodness, where is that Bible? i got to find that thing. i got to see what God is going to do to get me out of this situation. 
That's the way many live their lives. But he says that we should walk in the light perpetually, all the time. We should seek to walk in the light as he is in the light. Because if we are a Christ follower, then we must walk in obedience to his word. He invites us to live our lives in the full exposure of God's goodness, in the full light of His goodness. We cannot claim to have this uh, relationship with God and yet walk in the darkness. We cannot claim to have this relationship with God and yet continue to just live a life of sin where we willfully choose not to follow His Word, where we willfully decide And make choices that are contrary to His Word. And yet then we want to wear this badge saying, Oh, I'm a Christian. I love God. The two simply are not compatible. And His Word makes it clear that that makes us a liar. And the truth is not in us. You see, a friendship with God will expose the darkness. The goodness of God, the righteousness of God will shine light into those dark corners of our lives, to those places that we try to sequester things away. Let's, I'm going to take this sin and put it in this closet and close the door, and I'm just going to slip in there periodically in my life and indulge in this sin, and nobody's ever going to know the difference. Well, that's simply not true. That's an area of darkness in your life, and God is going to expose that. A friendship with God is about living and walking in the light. I remember many years ago when I was a teenager, I worked in a grocery store. Any of you work in a grocery store growing up? Amen, look at you. Those are good people. I worked in a grocery store. It was funny because when I, before I ever got a job, when I was uh, early in high school, I guess my freshman year or something, I said I would never work in a fast food restaurant and I'd never work in a grocery store. The first job I got was in a grocery store. So never say never. But it was also one of the best jobs I ever had. I really enjoyed working there. I look back and have some fond memories of working there. One of the things that was not a fond memory, however, was going into the back room, going into uh, the storage area, you know, where we had all the boxes and cases of food and stuff that were brought in. And usually that light stayed off. But sometimes I would come in, open up the store or something, and I'd go back there, and I'd push open the door, and I'd flip on the switch. And when I did that, I'd hear this. And all over the cinder block walls were all these little roaches, little bugs going everywhere. Now, let me tell you, it wasn't my grocery store. If you've ever worked in a grocery store, you know as well as I do, that's just, that's just par for the course. I mean, that's just the way it is. So when you shop at the grocery store, you remember this sermon, Okay. But it's just part of it. I mean, it's just inevitable. You got all that cardboard and all that stuff. It just happens. And, and I mean, we did what we could to try to control that. But the, the bad part about it was just when you first walked in and that light had been off all night and they had been out just kind of doing whatever they wanted to do, living in the darkness. They were happy living in the darkness. But then I came in and I flipped on that light and they all scurried away trying to hide from the light. And so it is in our lives. You know, we sometimes find ourselves surrounded by people who would prefer to keep us in the darkness. Maybe we make choices that keep us in the darkness, but like those bugs, 
when you flip on the light, God's goodness dispels the darkness. And we may scurry to try to hide. We see even with uh, in the earliest pages of God's Word, Adam was caught in his sin. The first thing he wanted to do was try to hide. And so we see that that is our nature is to, we sometimes want to stay in the darkness. But God in His love is not going to allow that. He is going to shine the light of His goodness into our lives. And He's going to expel the darkness. Even in those dark recesses, those corners and cracks in the closets of our lives where we try to hide in the darkness, He is going to shine His light. So my third point here is walk with others in the light. So John adds to this idea of having fellowship with God and points out that if we walk in the light with God, then we also can better walk in relationship with others. As I said earlier, the vertical relationship is most important, and we must recognize that that relationship controls all the others. In 1 John 1.7, he says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So a strong group of friends begins with a deep connection, a deep relationship with God. And that connection allows for genuine and beautiful fellowship with other believers, with others who are going to help us walk in the light. So let me ask you this question. If you look at your closest friends... Would you say that they make you more like Jesus? Do your closest friends encourage you to make choices and decisions that you are proud of? When we walk in the light, we have nothing to hide. We should not have friends that we are ashamed of. We should not have friends that we are ashamed to be with. We should be able to be honest with our friends. That we should be able to be who we are. As a believer in Christ, we should be able to stand for righteousness. But maybe you feel like that in your relationships, in your friendships, that you cannot be open about your relationship with Christ. Maybe you feel like that some of your friends are keeping you from being the follower of Christ that you need to be. That instead of encouraging you, they discourage you. Instead of promoting righteousness in your life, they promote unrighteousness in your life. Well, I want to remind you, it does not have to be that way. And if you find yourself in that situation, it doesn't have to stay that way. You could begin by asking God to bring renewal to your relationships, to your friendships, to those that you call your community of friends. And instead of cowering and giving in to their negative influence, maybe you could be the catalyst. Maybe you could be the light in that community of friends. To be the one who is courageous enough to stand up for righteousness, to be willing to stand up for what is right, to stand up for God and say, all that you are doing, all that you are promoting here is not good. That God has a better plan. You know, sometimes it just takes a spark. Sometimes it takes just 
a little nudge. Sometimes it takes just a little something to change a whole community. And you could be that person. You could be that spark. But most importantly, you need to understand that you are not trapped. You are not stuck. You are not in a relationship that you cannot get out of that God has made a way for renewal. He's made a way of renewal in our very lives, and He's made a way of renewal in our relationships. And you can have a renewed community of friends. So today you have one of two choices. Maybe you need to begin to pray and intentionally search for a renewed community in order for you to live more in line with God. If you look at your friends and see that they are not moving you closer to God, then maybe you need to pray and ask God to bring people into your life who will help you grow in your relationship with Christ. And maybe you need to recognize that your own life can be that light in the lives of others. That maybe your life can be that catalyst of change that others need. Maybe there are other people who are struggling to follow Christ. Oh, they mentally want to do it, but they're having difficulty being obedient to His Word. They don't really have anybody to encourage them and say, hang in there, you can do it. Trust in God. Have faith. They need a cheerleader. They need somebody to come alongside and be that light in their life and say, I'm with you. I'm walking with you. I want to be a source of encouragement to you. You could be that person. So maybe you need to change your community of friends. Maybe you need to choose more wisely. Choose those people that are in love with God, those people who are going to obey God's Word and who are going to come alongside you and encourage you in your walk of faith. And maybe you can be that light to someone else. We do not have to accept brokenness. We can have renewal even in our relationships with our friends. And that's God's desire for us, is to have friends around us who are going to encourage us, who are going to strengthen us, who are going to help us to become more like Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for our time this morning. Father, thank You for Your Word that instructs us that leads us to obedience, that leads us to understand that Your Word is an instruction to us because You love us. And Father, even as we saw this morning, that when we walk in obedience to Your Word, Father, that it helps to keep us from unnecessary harm. Clearly, Father, when we walk outside of obedience, we subject ourselves to a much more difficult life. And that's flows even into our relationships, our horizontal relationships. When we do not follow Your Word, when we do not follow biblical principles in our relationships, Father, we open ourselves up for more difficulty, unnecessary difficulty. So I pray this morning that we would recognize Your sovereignty even in those areas of our lives like friendships and how important they are for us to live a life of righteousness. These things I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.